0: See, that was something that I was not aware of.
1: <laughs> Just wanted to be vulnerable about my uh, lack of attention sometimes when I was trying to figure out, is his left my left? No, I don't. Wait. No, no that's definitely, that's on his right. Okay, yeah, so they're so, backwards. Yeah. And, yeah. I appreciate you bringing that to
0: my attention. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I will uh, I'll, need to be more careful when I put my headphones on. No, it's all good. Yes, indeed. Welcome to How I See It with me, Mark Pratt, and Justin Sternberg. This is a podcast
1: that works to counter cultural polarization through thoughtful conversations.
0: Kind of like, that. yeah. Good morning, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the gong in uh, like uh, <laughs> therapy or something um, like that. Yeah, 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 or yoga. You know, it's like yeah. 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 Either way.
1: That's our gong, a clap.
0: Let's let the segment begin. That's right. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Justin. How are you? I am well, thank you. Good. I am excited. Why? I'm excited about our topic today. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Me too. It's a good one. It is. It's an important one. It is. I mean, I guess I like to think all our topics are important. Yeah, (laughs) but
0: I think there are those that you just feel connect more with the heart of who we are as human beings. Yeah. You know? Yeah and i respect the fact you know some of our topics are maybe a little more relative mhm but i think this one is uh is specific to each and every one of us yeah you can't really get away from this topic yes right yeah you can but it will have a cost that's right and therefore we're talking about vulnerability today mm-hmm. yeah and uh, so as i as we think of the word just the word itself i realize that we've kind of looked into this a little bit but if you were to kind of think back what and someone said vulnerability what would come to mind for you hmm. i mean prior to the quote-unquote research we did which yeah.
1: is watch a Brene brown <laughs> video that you will definitely link to but yeah um i think of honesty uh hmm. transparency sure that's a word we would use a lot in celebrate recovery for sure right transparency sure um Yeah, probably those two would be the first ones that come to mind before okay. some of the words she used.
0: Sure. Would, and I guess in some ways, would you describe those words as comfortable or uncomfortable?
1: Oh, uncomfortable. Yes. Yes. Okay. That, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely uncomfortable, at least when you're learning,
0: you know? Sure. Yeah. I think there's something to be said for learning the benefits of living in a vulnerable mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. and I think so often I—I mean—I deal with this a lot, you know. Because she had her, it was funny she had her three C's, and I've talked about my three C's before. Which are mine? Yeah, uh, creating a context for change, right. challenging patterns and cycles, right. which is where vulnerability comes into play, mm-hmm. nice. um, and then consolidation. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just, those are Mm -hmm. the way we challenge patterns and cycles. And I think building or developing vulnerability is is one of those patterns and cycles that we need to challenge Mm -hmm. because we're able to recognize, okay, something does need to change. Yeah. Because why is it that whenever, you know, emotions come to the forefront of a relationship, you know, I tend to distance or I tend to be hurt. And then what do I do from there? And it's just kind of, that's, that's where the vulnerability ends. I think so often when I ask people, you know, cause I'll talk about vulnerability. And when I ask people, you know, uh, vulner- vulnerability is synonymous with like nakedness yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you know yeah. you, i think it has that context for us and mm-hmm. you know and so when we mm-hmm. think about you know what nakedness is like it's it's definitely a vulnerable thing and you yeah. know yeah it's just and i recognize there are people who can be emotionally naked with us and it's it, there is a part of that that just draws us to them right it's a, yeah, a, yeah. It's a, a source connection. of connection, yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because yeah, it's truly removing what's between us, right?
0: Yeah. And it, it's, it's very similar, similar, or what you shared, It's it's authenticity. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, at that point, when we are naked, there are no masks. Right. And so often in our culture and in our relationships, you know, there's... Mm -hmm. i think there's levels of masking if you will
1: Mm -hmm. yeah one of the things that was said in the video talked about um you know kind of our desire our 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 view of who we are versus who we really are and kind of talked about how that 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 can never work when you're trying to live in this projection of yourself you know it it never work in terms of vulnerability right yeah um and it's such a good point because while you got those masks on it's pretty hard to be real yeah is it's by very definition
0: not real sure right and i think we all have these moments where i want someone to think i'm this Hmm. when i know that i'm not that i know i'm something different and yet i want you to think i want i guess in some ways I, i need to make that a little more simple i want you to think i'm a when i know i'm b and therefore, you know, it becomes difficult to be able to be vulnerable or transparent or authentic in those moments. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, you know, she. this would be a question for you as a therapist, Ooh. right? As a sure. counselor. Have you found that it is in any way possible mm. to, to make headway in terms of therapy as a patient, right? Okay. Without vulnerability? Is it possible...
0: Mm. yeah i, I mean I'll, I'll honestly think about that to answer it but i would say no yeah. because i think that is a part of the beginning steps of going into therapy and that's that's where i would come back to that first c creating a context for change mm. so when i'm going into a therapist office and you know and i'll definitely deal with this more so um like with my adolescence and so forth because it You know, I'm encouraging them because so often, you know, we tell people what they want to hear, especially if we've been kind of badgered to a certain degree. By we, you don't mean the counselor. You mean just us people, people in general, my clients, you know, and, you know, and especially kids. It's like, you know, well, they'll come out, you know, I'll encourage them to be honest with me because we can't really I can't really help them unless they are. Yeah. And so. I use that word honesty, but I think that is a part of vulnerability because unless I really know what's going on, including your reaction, there really isn't, uh, there isn't that transparency. There isn't that opportunity for change because I'm just another person that you're interacting with like every other person. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason you're coming to see me. Yeah. So yes, I would, I would dare say without that, there is not, Hmm you know, the ability to change because, hmm. and that's, and that's where I think, you know, on my part, it is about creating safety to be vulnerable. What do you need from me? Right. What, you know, hmm. if, if my tone comes off in a certain way, hmm. you know, my body language is What offensive. if they
1: said it was your beard, then what would you do?
0: Yeah. We'd have to talk about that. <laughs> what is it about my beard? Yeah. <laughs> Cause you know, that's, do you need that. me to shave it. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Your beard looks just fine, Justin. <laughs> no, but I understand what you're talking that about. Yeah, totally teasing. Well, and yet, it could be something like right. that that right. would keep somebody because I have a perception right. that to them that could be very similar to another incident where you know they were just completely scared. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be counter to, and we're going to have to, yeah. we're going to have to relearn you know yeah that it's not the beard it's right. the person behind the beard right. and so everyone who has a beard isn't a terrible nasty person right. who's gonna hurt me right so yeah that's hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's good i appreciate the question though yeah yeah so as we're uh, as we're thinking about the uh, the the segment if you will what uh would you care to share the uh the other three C's that Brene shared you yeah. remember those yeah I
1: remember them and that I'm looking at my notes I wrote down that's Does all that right count to. oh of course yes uh she talked about courage and compassion and connection mm. and um I think they were kind of steps right courage sure. translates you know well and what she described courage do you remember how she described it she kind of yeah
0: yeah, it I, was, it was basically in a, in the old English, it came in as cur as the word, but it had to do with a wholeheartedness Yeah, and it's, and that's, she opposed it to bravery or defined it differently right. than bravery because it isn't just what I'm doing. It's about who I am and what I bring and I bring a wholeheartedness hmm. and it's, and it, because bravery can be another mask as yes. I see it. Yep. but courage is the ability to bring who i am yeah. and my fullness thereof hmm. and you know and we can th- we can think of every great movie you know that that's what comes to mind for me where i think about bravery but then i think about you know those people who really had courage and part of that is just bringing who they are you know those brave heart moments yeah. Yeah. you know yeah yeah it basically like, yeah it's like you can leave if you want yeah but, you know, we're here right now mm-hmm. and now's the opportunity. And if you bring all you are, yeah. you know, I just, yeah, yeah that's Good. what I think. That's the part of vulnerability, courage, connection, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, br- I'll bring it back to God, you know, cause that's, that's all he desires from us is the vulnerability to say, Hey God, this is all that I am. And strengths and weaknesses I give it to you to use and I think that's part of that I wouldn't necessarily call, um uh shucks like uh, a wild at heart guy John Eldridge mm, you know yeah. he he would call that like a sacred sacred romance type thing you know where there's this desire for connection and I think that's a part of it
1: yeah absolutely uh <laughs> Man, I had a train of thought. I apologize. No, don't don't apologize. Um, I think before we get to those three Cs, she was essentially saying, you know, vulnerability is kind of the key, right? Sure. If I recall. But she was saying there's one thing that will prevent using that key. Do you remember what that was? uh,
0: Yeah, it was shame. Yeah, shame. Yeah.
1: And so I think, you know, especially being involved with recovery for so many years, like... Sure. Shame is in my opinion, number one enemy, not the addiction. Sure. Now, you know, there's some caveats there, right? Like if you're in active addiction and you want to stop active addiction, then the first thing you have to do is stop, right? Sure. So, you know, and then work on shame. But the point is um, shame will keep bringing you back to it. It will draw you back into previous habits. And shame will tell you you're not good enough for the change that you're trying to get get to you know yeah um and a big part of shame is lack of vulnerability which which is so counterintuitive yeah when you tell people you want to get rid of that we'll start talking about the stuff you don't want people to know exactly it's like, whoa, 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 what yeah <laughs> you know and what was that quote she said
0: about the shame yeah the more you talk about it the less you have it that's right so yeah
1: nobody wants to have it but the
0: less you have you mm-hmm. talk about it the more you have it and the interesting part for me in that is there is a correlation between shame and addiction, if you will. Yeah. And, and conversely, there is less, the more a person, I want to separate guilt and shame. I know we've done it probably before, but basically to, um, describe Mm -hmm. shame, you know, if we're going to describe it, shame basically tells us I am bad. Mm Mm-hmm. OK, guilt says I did something bad. Mm-hmm. So there's a correlation between shame and substance abuse type thing or addiction, addictive behaviors. And there's the opposite correlation between guilt and those addictive behaviors. Mm-hmm. So the more I understand that mm-hmm. I recognize what I've done and what I've hurt, and I'm mm-hmm. able to recognize that I have less tendency towards addictive behavior. Yeah. But the more I hold on to that shame, the more tendency I have towards addictive behavior. And yep. I think that's, that's a, that's a neat part when you stop and think about it, not neat in the sense, you but you can
1: deconstruct it that yeah, way.
0: Because what happens is, and I think what she, the word she used, uh, connecting with shame is worthiness. Mm-hmm. So when I can mm-hmm. recognize that, you know, it's not necessarily me being perfect, but me being whole, you know what I'm saying? I don't have to have it all together in our mm-hmm. culture. I think there is this, uh, I'm going to go right straight to Facebook. I don't mean to, but you know, it, it, gives, it. The, it gives that perception of perfection, right? You know, well, I mean, I just uh, I heard a guy the other day he was talking about. Man, I realized how terrible my Christmas was because I didn't go on a ski vacation. I didn't go hunting big game <laughs> animals. You know, it's right. like I had a terrible Christmas. Right. You know, but in but that's only because everybody's putting forth this perfect type mm-hmm. dynamic, and the re, the the wholeness isn't there. The authenticity isn't mm-hmm. there of the rest of the life. Yeah. And so that's where I I really like that that worthiness, and I think you know for me that comes back to being able to be honest with God, and recognize, okay, yeah, I make mistakes, but at this and I sin and I have guilt, you Mm -hmm. know, but at the same time, Mm -hmm. because of who God is, He says I'm worthy. Yeah, and I think so often you know, in our, in our family systems and our, you know, our childhood, we have these relationships, one or two specifically, that we got the impression that we were terrible. We were bad. I am bad. That shame dynamic was translated some way. And it's very difficult to get on the other side of that. Once it becomes, you know, a a habit, a pattern, a cycle, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. In you know, one of Covey's quotes is you can't, or it might have actually been him quoting Einstein, but you can't solve a problem from the same place you entered it, right? Sure. Like, you have to be a level above the problem to be able to solve it. And when you grew up in an environment where you didn't feel worthy, sure, you, you're not, typically you're going to need some help. Sure. Which is going to require some vulnerability. You know, it's, it's going to require people to speak into your life, to speak above that situation of your unworthiness, to say, no, look, here's why that's not true, Um. I also want to tie back to the vulnerability and shame thing a little Mm, bit. Sure. And kind of uh, call back all the way back to our conversation about integrity, right? So Mm. integrity is aligning who you want to be with who you are, Sure, essentially, is a really basic version of it. And what happens is, in most addictions, is it removes you further and further from who you want to be. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. Which means your integrity is disintegrating. You know, the further who you are gets from who you want to be. I don't want to be someone who steals from my mom for drug Mm -hmm. money, right? Sure. Well, it started as, I don't want to be someone who does drugs this much. Sure. And then it became, you know, I don't want to be someone who's addicted to drugs. And then it became, you know, I don't want to be someone who treats my friends terrible because I have to go take care of my addiction, like, I sure. uh, get out of situation, and then it becomes, I don't want to be someone who steals from my mom for drug money, et cetera, mm-hmm. and your your integrity is disintegrating, right? Sure. And um, I think that's so important to understand that shame is a natural byproduct of addiction. It's a natural byproduct of things that mm-hmm. are counter to who we want to be. Sure. So now, if you're someone who's like, you know, my my greatest ambition in life is to be a drug addict, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe you wouldn't have much shame, right? And there's probably people out there with a little bit bit of disconnect because of whatever psychological abuse or something that that's kind of like, you know, this is good enough for me and I have no problem with this. And they probably don't have much shame in that world. You know, there there might be there might be that, but it's very much going to be the minority. The the majority is going to be the further addicted you are, the greater the heap of shame in your life because your integrity is disintegrated. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And I was, I was, as you shared that, the, the third part of the Hersey, that the connection part mm-hmm. kind of comes to mind for me. Because in reality, um in order for me to get the things that I think I want, I would say you have to have connection. Yeah. With someone. You follow me? So yeah. if, if I am just... Meaningful things. Yes. But at the same time, if I need something from you, I may have to put on a mask to get what I want from you to get what I want, Yeah. you know, whether Mm -hmm. it's, you know, stealing from other people, you know, bringing them close enough to get close enough to steal from them, to get what I want, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was thinking about that in that, you know, the, the aspect of connection, because that kind of connection is not, it's all about, I would, uh, I'm trying to think of a, a good word, to um describe something that's not health it's use it's using people yeah. that's that's what i want it you know and and i think that's the difficult part because if we're if we're going to be vulnerable some people at times may even use us
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: so being able to say you know okay yeah and and that being part of connection i think that's a That's where I like just, yeah, still thinking about much of that as far as that connection and how we utilize or create connection in such a way that can be reciprocal. Yeah. Whereas I think when we we look at it for what it is about me, we're not concerned about the reciprocal nature of connection. Right. And that connection becomes tenuous at best, right? Yes. because as you
1: use people, the less connected they desire to be with that's you, exactly certainly, it. and the less desire you are to be with them, because there's that shame blocking that yes. relationship now too, right? When you steal from your mom, do you want to go home, you know, for Sunday brunch? Yeah, <laughs> probably
0: not, right? You yeah. probably. Not. And then that's 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 just your mom. That doesn't, yep. you know, count the rest of your family, you know, and that. Cause if you're not there for Sunday brunch, you're likely not connecting with other people in your family and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause I, and I, I that's where we the the second C was that compassion. I think we have less compassion for people as we become used as well. So I, I think this yeah. it's, it's neat to see, mm. you know, how all of those come together mm. affecting vulnerability. Yeah. And I, and I think when we get, I like, coming back to the other seat when we get vulnerability right that becomes a source of support Mm -hmm. because like we were sharing earlier that person who's okay being naked it's like they can share that nakedness and we can say okay wow that must have really hurt or when i said that that must have hurt your feelings now i'm going to be mindful of not saying things that hurt your feelings, Mm -hmm. you know, because that Mm -hmm. person was vulnerable and shared what hurt, I'm going to likely come back with a source of support. And I think that's the power of vulnerability, but it's as humans, I think it's just tough to be able to hold that in a, in a way that's saying, okay, here I am. But unless we Mm -hmm. are that authentic, wholehearted Mm -hmm. person, go ahead. You know, you mentioned it's tough, and it is tough,
1: right? Mm-hmm. To stay vulnerable to vulnerable enough to present your real self in most circumstances. That's tough. Sure. Right? Sure. What's tougher, though, is not doing that. Sure. But it's not more intuitive. It's more intuitive to, to, mm-hmm. to not be vulnerable, to kind of present Contact. that mask. But the long-term results are always that is, life is going to be tougher when you mm. don't when you are not vulnerable and you, you are not presenting who you truly are. Sure. Because maintaining a mask is difficult. and yes, it, it, is it is. a struggle. And w- even when you do maintain a mask, it can cause, again, going back to integrity, It can that itself can start to disintegrate your integrity because when you're maintaining a mask, it's because you know you're not being that mask and that's what you want other people to see. Sure. So again, you're not aligning those things and you're not moving towards being that person. You're just putting that up, knowing that I can't be that person. So I have to present it to other people. You know what I mean? Sure. Versus letting that mask slip away and say, this is who I really am. And I'm going to, I want to work towards being that version of myself, you know, and actually having to do the work. Sure. Instead of assuming people can't see who you really are, they just see that masked version. You know, yeah, and she also talked about you know the compassion. See, uh, sure. she basically uh, described it such that if you can't, um, I, I guess I'm going to use the word forgive, but but if you can't accept mm-hmm. who you are, mm-hmm. and you're continually putting up that mask, the chances that you can accept others how they mm-hmm. are is much. Lower right, your sure. chances are very low that you can accept others when you can't accept yourself. Sure, and the inverse is beautifully true, right? The more you're able to accept who you are in your imperfection, that I'm whole yep. despite needing improvement or despite not being perfect, I'm still whole. You can look at others and say that person is also whole, and they have struggles, is just like sure. me, and there and breathe a level of compassion for others when you. But it starts with you. Sure,
0: right. I would say that's a source of empathy. Yeah. That would yeah. be the foundation of empathy is this ability that I have to be able to say, okay, I'm like you, you're like me and we can hold one another mm. accountable. And yet we're, there's still an acceptance of one another because I recognize that I make mistakes too. Mm-hmm. We all stumble in many ways. And when, when I'm able to recognize that, oh, I stumble in this way and really just because you're stumbling in a way that I might see myself a little more put together. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I don't stumble. Yeah. You know, and I think that's, that's where we can get it Mm. mixed up at times is I, I just want to hang around people that only stumble the same way I do. Yeah. Cause then I feel better about myself. Yeah. But in reality, I'm creating connection Mm. with other people who are just affirming Mm. my stumbling. That's right.
1: And Ironically, I, I've recently read an article that talked about um, if you look hard enough, the people who are most offended at things are often those things are the things they dislike about
0: themselves the most. Sure.
1: <laughs> so yeah. then
0: you have that going on, right? Yeah. Um, um, and I, I, along that line, and as you shared on the addiction, I like what she shared about numbing as well.
1: Mm, yeah. Because, oh, yeah.
0: Because, you know, and I... It's, it's interesting because when we think about it, you know, we do want to kind of segment our lives,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and it's like, well, I just don't want to, I don't want to be sad. So I tend to suppress my sadness or I tend to do things that avoid my sadness. But in reality, I am suppressing all emotion yeah. to the degree that I suppress any emotion.
1: Yeah. She said you can't selectively numb emotions. That's exactly right. In that context, that we want to suppress
0: the vulnerability, the part that makes us embarrassed or gives us pain, or yeah, and therefore we numb. Yeah, and it was interesting. I was having a conversation the other day, um, and she mentioned it as well. You know, we numb with different things. You know, it can be substance, Mm, it can be, you know, but the interesting part is, um, she talked about the American cohort. Um, America consumes 85 percent of all antidepressants Mm -hmm. and anti-anxiety anxiety anxiety medication 85 wow is consumed in the world is consumed by america (laughs) the american
1: uh, dream mark (laughs) (laughs) well
0: and that's and it was it also reminded me when she was talking about indebtedness obesity you know all these things Mm -hmm. that we use to numb yeah because we can't just be authentic and we mm-hmm. can't feel. And I'm not saying, you know, you can't be in debt. But at the mm-hmm. same time, if we're just trying to, if we're doing these things just to numb, yeah. then we just go further and further. Well, or a
1: lot of those things, I mean, our chicken and egg too, right? Like sometimes mm-hmm. we use those things to numb and sometimes by using those, you know what I mean? Sure. And again, we talked about addiction can numb us, right? Sure. So it can go both ways too, where... You know, we use food to numb our emotions, or vice versa. Right. Uh, we use food, and therefore our emotions become numb. <laughs> sure.
0: Know? No, I hear you. Yeah. yeah. A source versus an outcome. Yeah. 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 And I was, and I, I think you know, that's that's a you know a great point when it comes to because you know even our indebtedness can, to a degree, keep us from connection. Because you know, I owe, I owe, therefore off the work I go, you know, type thing. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that you know, and I, that's where I was thinking about it in the, in the context of you know things that cr- keep us from connection. Yeah, and I th- I mm-hmm. appreciated that numbness the way she shared it in that. Yeah,
1: The The other thing about kind of the American dream or kind of the the way it is right now is that things are so good hmm. and therefore kind of creates an expectation that things are good for you because they're, you know, just like it creates this, this expectation that we have to be put together, act put together because we don't have a reason not to be. Hmm. And I feel like, you know, whether it's other countries, you know, third world countries or it's, previous years of our history you know previous centuries of our history where the struggle was real mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and when you and I were out fighting whoever right mm-hmm. like the French Revolution or whatever I don't know the the the, the English in the revolution you and I were fighting alongside each other you and I saw each other's weaknesses sure. and, and because we didn't want to die we would cover for each other's weaknesses mm-hmm. like there was a requirement or not even a requirement a reality of vulnerability in struggles sure right where there's not enough time to hide that struggle because or hide that vulnerability because i'm too busy focused on this struggle whatever yeah. whatever the struggle it is getting food on my plate you know, fighting the Nazis, whatever sure. whatever this that struggle is, and right now we're we're very comfortable, and so it leaves all of our attention on the existential things and makes us think about how we should be perfect and we're not. And mm-hmm. uh, I need to hide that from my the Joneses, my neighbors, right? Like, right. Because, so that I can keep up with appearances. And it's just it's no wonder that we are one of the large, you know, the largest consumers of antidepressants and those mm-hmm. things, right? When we're left to our own you know, thoughts and struggles, and sure, and, yeah, and the struggle's real, whether there's an ex, you know, external struggle or the existential one. But we, uh, we don't feel like we can talk about the, the existential one, and that's a big problem in yeah. America and, and, and in the world.
0: Well, and I think, I think the uh, the great point <laughs> to what you're saying is when I view myself from a perfection standpoint. Okay, if I'm to be perfect, then I have to blame. Because there's a yes. reason. There's a mm. reason why, and that's the reason. Right. Because you don't know that I am perfect. But so if you're thinking I'm not perfect, I need to convey to you the reason why mm. you're seeing that part of me. Mm. It's because of that other person. It's because I have to do this. Mm-hmm. You follow me? But yeah, if we I can, do. and and then I think that's mm. as she alluded to it in the the segment as well. You know, the politics. You know, if we're at this mm. point where, you know, I got it all figured out and you're dumb and wrong, well, yeah. then here's the blame. Yep. Yeah. And I and I think that's where, you know, the the aspect of discourse, you know, the ability to say, Okay, here's where I'm at, here's where you're at, what can we do about this? Kind of like you were sharing about the the two soldiers fighting side by side. You know, it's like, okay, I'm I'm wounded in this way. Yeah. How can, you know, there's a vulnerability. How can I, and I need your support in this way Mm -hmm. because I'm wounded Mm -hmm. and we're all wounded. But yet, if I'm more concerned about the fact that you're messy because you're wounded and I'm perfect, so therefore I'm not, I need to distance myself from you versus if I'm able to say, okay, your 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 arm hurts, okay, but my leg hurts. Can we work together yeah. in such a way that says, yeah, "Yeah, we're both getting out of this, or we're both, yeah, you know, committing to this, hmm. regardless."
1: Yeah, yeah, and going back a little bit to the compassion hmm. conversation, um, you know, I basically said it starts with us, right? It starts inside. That's sure. you know, compassion starts there. Um, I'm not sure that's even true because again, you can't solve a problem from the place you entered it. So if you don't have compassion, it's, it's not as simple as to say, well, just have compassion. Sure. Right. And, um, you know, I'm just thinking about in the context of recovery and hearing other people's stories, Mm. how that can breathe compassion into me, into us, right. As we hear other people's stories and go, wow, they had it hard, maybe Mm -hmm. harder than I had it, you know, and it gives us a sense of compassion for that person, which in turn can start to breathe compassion into myself for myself, right? Like, sure. Um, seeing that change can happen, you know, despite yeah. the struggles, and and being able to relate to the struggles, and being able to also then relate to change might be possible for me as well, you know. And I, I, I don't know, I just wanted to kind of come back to that to just say. I think it's easy to say it starts with you. I don't think mm. practically it's that simple. I think I practically again it does require you to go to a position higher than you were, you know, mm. kind of stepping above mm-hmm. the problem, and that's I, I I I see hearing other people's stories as sure. a way to do that, as a way to elevate above your current understanding of things. Yeah. Is to be able to see life through other people's eyes from their vulnerability, sure. you know.
0: And I think in what you're describing is the power of a group dynamic. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a group, but you know it can be a you know a dyad, is you know just two people. But at the same time, mm. I think there is a power in that group because I see it in multiple ways. Mm. And I you mm-hmm. know I'm mindful as you know I will do marriage classes and so forth, and it's and it's interesting to see that uh, that deep breath that you know people take when it's like. Oh, your marriage has problems too, mm. you know, cause it's like, there is this like, perception whew. that we're the only ones that are screwed up. Mm. Our relationship is the only one that's this messy. Mm. And when we're able to interact in that group and we create that connection and we have compassion for each other and it takes a level of courage to step into that group, mm. then that's when I'm learning, you know, about empathy and vulnerability. And it's like, it is okay And I think so often in couples, you know, it's easy to get stuck in that aspect of, well, I'd change, but you have to do this, you know? Yeah. And it's like, no, no one wants to go first.
1: Yeah. Because there's a fear of vulnerability, right? In that context of no one wants to go first, there's a fear that if I let down my guard and say, I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. you won't. Sure. And I'll be stuck carrying the burden, right? I'll be whatever this thing is between us. Now I'll have to carry it, and next time something similar happens, now I yep. have to carry double the burden because I apologize, and so now you can naturally blame. you know. So there, yeah, there's
0: fear that goes into that. Because right? what happens is if I'm vulnerable for. You, To towards you, and it doesn't come back as support. Mm -hmm. You know, then because that's what we're talking about is cycles and patterns. Yeah. So if I'm challenging some of those cycles and patterns, and I'm actually being vulnerable, and it doesn't come back as support, I'm far less likely to be vulnerable. So what should you do in that case? Well, you have to recognize that it's part of a process of change. Yeah. You know, and, and that the
1: support doesn't that can't be your source.
0: Yeah. Right. It's a, it's fair? A, yeah, it's, that's very fair um, because ultimately we have to recognize we were, we're challenging patterns and cycles and to challenge something, I have to come forward to a certain degree and be able to say, this is what I see and this is what happens. And that, and I think people that do that well, um, communicate in a way that doesn't convey blame. You know, because so often if we want to use the word you in a statement, Mm. we're going to are already elicit some defensiveness, which is going to kind of create blame because we're just lobbying at each other. But yeah, if we can come forward and I can say when I'm noticing that when this happens, I do this, Mm -hmm. we're identifying a cycle and a pattern and. In that process, this happens next. I see it this way. How, how do you see that happening? You know, because at, at that point, I'm not saying you did this and it's all your fault. I'm willing to say I felt disappointed. Right. When right. I stayed, you know, I shared that I would like to do this and there was no response.
1: Yeah. Because you're taking responsibility for your own feelings and not. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if I say, Mark, you made me offended, that's mm-hmm. saying the responsibility is on you to fix that. That's correct. If they say, Mark, when you said that, I felt offended, there's an implicit understanding that that, you know, it's on me to deal with that. Sure. I think, yeah. depending on the words you use and how, yep. you know, the context.
0: I typically like to lead with that emotional part that I'm owning, you know. And try to avoid the you in our communications, yeah. but yeah, mm. that's that's the basis for it is the ability to identify mm. that I felt something yeah. when something else happened yeah. when or when this happened mm. I felt,
1: and that's uh that's also a big reason why you know in celebrate recovery we have what we call open share groups and it's sure. just a support an environment for support you know gender specific support groups where um, there's not a rule as to what. To say, as in, you can kind of talk about whatever you want, but there are guidelines as to how it's said. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and one of the things we talk about is uh, there's, you know, I forget which one is tied to, but we basically encourage them not to use statements like you or we, but sure. instead use statements like I and me. Exactly. And so that it reforms your thoughts around your struggles into something that you have to take responsibility for. Right. Because yeah. we're not. No, we're not interested in your wife's flaws. Right. That's n- that's not what that support circle environment is for. Yep. You know. Um, so if you can reframe that conversation about your wife's flaws in a way that is about you, then okay, now now we can get somewhere. Now we can have support for each other. We can build each other up. We can uh, kind of be those two soldiers on sure. the sideline. You know, I'll cover for your broken foot, and you cover for my broken arm, kind yeah. of thing. But if it's all their fault, their fault, their fault, you know, it's. If I can say
0: I lost control mm-hmm. when my wife said something to me, versus my wife said something to me, and therefore I did, you know, yep. that yep. it's 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 the difference of blame versus well yeah. almost shame and guilt. Yep. You know, I am admitting mm-hmm. when I use I, I did something, I felt yeah. something, and I'm accepting mm-hmm. responsibility for that. And going back to our our word vulnerability when Mm -hmm. you do
1: that Mm -hmm. you mark in the circle and i'm in that circle with you i Mm -hmm. go oh that's a reframing of how i think about it when my wife makes me lose control (laughs) right like she she does her terrible thing she does and it i that's not my fault when Mm -hmm. you say it is my fault i lost control i have to rethink it and go hmm and the cool thing about that environment is that you're not preaching at me. You're not saying, you know, it's your fault. You lost control. You should sure. You're saying, it, you're, you're talking a bad about yourself. Exactly. Yeah. You're not Which talking reinforces. to me. Yeah. You are talking about yourself, and it leaves me free to, or I should say, yeah, it prevents me from having to put up my defenses or guard my own thoughts from mm-hmm. what you're trying to tell me. No, it's not my fault because if she did it, it's like no, mm-hmm. you're not. You're not talking at me sure you know and i think that's uh just a little plug for any kind of support environment like that where you're able to share about your own experiences in a vulnerable way sure um encouraging people to get involved in environments like that whether it's a small group that's particularly vulnerable mm-hmm. you know at your church um or uh, counseling is great as well although it's not that same vulnerable circle right but sure. i think there's aspects to it
0: um Well, I think that's where, if I may, to build on that, that's where I like the family, uh, family counseling or group night because it is we are able to sit down. (laughs) Thank you. We are (laughs) able to sit down, and I'm actually in some ways able to hear you for the first time Mm. as we identify, you know, Mm. these patterns and cycles that are going on that so often we are just in the midst of reacting to. Yes. But when we're able to slow it down Mm -hmm. and, you know, because because there is a third person in the room, you know, with a couple, you know, then we're able to slow it down. It's like, oh, I get it. Mm -hmm. So you're not just being mean because you like being mean. Your meanness or what you're saying is a reaction is part of a cycle and pattern of the way that I don't necessarily listen to you. Right. So when I ignore you, you need to get louder. Yep. Because I'm not hearing, I'm not remembering what you're saying. You know, I'm not valuing what you say. So of course our human response is, well, I have to get louder. Yeah. I have to holler. I have to scream. It's like, no. Hmm. It's just a part of that cycle and
1: pattern. And it's kind of a boiling water thing, right? Where the water is getting warmer and warmer and we're in it. We don't realize it. the frog, you know, sure. the concept yeah, frog the and at some point we're screaming and yelling and you think about the neighbor walking by and you go, holy crap,
0: mm.
1: I'm a monster. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm a, sure. I'm a boiling frog at this point. And, um, I can, I say that from my own personal experience of just like arguments with Megan and, converse, you know, over the years and learning, like, if someone overhears what I'm saying mm. and how I'm saying it, I'm so ashamed. Mm-hmm. But it, but it wasn't you know you talked about the the benefit of that group counseling or the mm-hmm. opportunity to hear others speak or hear you know, hear your spouse speak in front of a neutral party. Sure. And you naturally have to meter your response because you're not gonna do your typical pattern or you, it's like instinctual you know it sounds like a monster, right? Sure. And that's a that's a really great first step is to be oh, able yeah. to get in that environment and start to meter how you respond and and have to choose better words. Sure. But it's a whole another thing. For me, there's a few times where I did like I did see that oh someone was overhearing or Sure. and that was like kind of shocked it into my system like your words are not good. Yeah. <laughs> you, there's no justifying these words. There's no justifying this tone. Mm-hmm. Because if you're embarrassed if someone hears that, you know, that if you if you Mm-hmm. You know, looking at that integrity picture, right? The mm-hmm. person you want to be is someone who doesn't, you know, someone walking by doesn't think you're a monster. Sure. Well, then I can't allow that to continue and I have to start doing the work, you yeah. know, that, you know, that's a life's work, honestly, because, I mean, a relationship that close you, are always going to be rubbing each other, yeah. you know, good or bad, right? Mm-hmm. Um and I, I'll, I'll say, I think I'm way better at that. There's very few times where I'm like, you know, I think I would be embarrassed by what, hmm. but that took a lot of work. No and
0: doubt.
1: I say all that to say like that environment where you can hear how you would have responded, but no, you can't can yeah. be really healthy to, to think no about how should I handle this because mm-hmm. Mark's listening while I talk to my wife and, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something, and then now, like you said, that going back to that loudness thing. Mm-hmm. Well, now she doesn't need to increase the volume, right? You know, and vice versa. Like she's gonna meter what she has to say because Mark's listening.
0: And and I think that's when you know we're we're growing in that vulnerability. Yeah. Because I I would tan them out. You know, vulnerability is almost like softness. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm able to be soft yeah. with you. That's I good. don't have to be harsh. I don't have to be, you know, critical. Yeah. I'm not being critical. I'm being, hey, can you, do, hmm. do you see this the same way I do? And it's interesting you bring a point because I just had a, you know, we talked about this with a, a couple, you know, like to the degree that the guy gained awareness. If someone else was talking to my wife. The way that I'm talking with her, mm. <laughs> oh, it's on. <laughs> you know, it, 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 you know yeah, I, can, it, I can I can't necessarily repeat what he said, yeah. but you know, he <laughs> when he gained that awareness, it's like you know, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, that's he, that same light bulb right? to that person, right? Yeah. And yet he started to realize that that's what he's doing to his wife on a daily basis. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a, Ooh, it's when we're it's able good. to see yeah. it that way.
1: Yeah. And that's such an important word see mm-hmm. because we don't see it like and sure. and you you can't start tell you start down this road of vulnerability mm-hmm. you know because it unlocks more vulnerability and continues yeah. that path of softness as you said
0: it's so so as a uh as a disclaimer uh don't enter the road uh, the path towards vulnerability lightly because yes. i like what you just shared in that mm-hmm. context you know yeah the more vulnerable we become the more vulnerable we are you know or the more vulnerable we are the more vulnerable we can become yeah and i think you know that's that's the that's the difficult part when i have been hurt deeply because i i see it so often you know it's my desire is to disengage from many things most things depending on that level of hurt because all i want to do is numb so therefore no i don't want to enter into another relationship it doesn't even have to be another romantic relationship i don't want anything to do with relationship and i think you know that's where and you know It's interesting, especially when we can recognize that. I think as adolescents, I'll I'll be honest. Lizzie was the one that kind of shared this with us, you know. And as I recognize, you know, the video, yeah, the video. She, you know, in college, and there's a lot of, you know, connection and disconnection, and you know, and romantic relation, you know, and and of course she sees it, you know. And I, I just really appreciated the the dynamic of being able to say, yeah, okay. I'm going to recognize at this point in my life that vulnerability is a part of life. And in order to be healthy, I have to be able to connect. And I, and yet I still have to be able to be aware, kind of a guard your heart type thing that basically says, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put some vulnerability out there. You know, from a trust dynamic, I'm gonna put a little bit out there just to see what you do with it. Yeah, because yeah. I think that is, you know, yeah, I think that can be countercultural too. I'm, I'm, mm. I can be so vulnerable that I'm just all in with all of me, and I'm, I'm actually kind of being irresponsible. Yeah. So I want to, you know, as we're talking about this vulnerability, I, I want to recognize we're talking about this within the context of healthy Con- relationship. Yeah. It goes back to a, the
1: context for change. If you're trying to do, I think, yeah. I don't want to no, use your season correctly. So tell me if I get it right. But yeah. basically, if you're trying to produce change in in a context that's unhealthy and it's not a context that's healthy for change, sure. it's your the same context it's always been. In, but you're, you know, you're trying to like dump it, all of this mm-hmm. vulnerability out into this thing. Uh, there's a good chance that vulnerability could turn into leverage for that environment. Like if it's an unhealthy environment and you certainly don't want that, right? Isn't that?
0: Yeah. And and that's why the three C's are connected because that first C is about safety.
1: Yeah. So I was just going back to Mm -hmm. your tread lightly. I was going back to that because if you're going to enter this process and it is a process vulnerability, it doesn't stop. Exactly. It's a Um, pathway. Yes. Yes. If you're going to start down that pathway, you need to do it in a safe way. You need to do it in a proper
0: context for change where change can happen safely, right? Exactly. And then, but still, even in that, so often that safety is defined by me and where I came from. And so to challenge that, sometimes I have to get all the way down to the third C, which is consolidation. And that's a fancy way of saying learning. So sometimes what I've learned initially in my family system is safe, may not necessarily Mm -hmm. be safe. Mm -hmm. You know, if I've learned alcoholism is safe and that's a good way to numb and avoid, that's going to create challenge. You know, I'm going to have to challenge some of those patterns and cycles, and then I'm going to get to the third C, which is consolidation. And I have to learn that, okay, what I viewed as safety really may not be safe for me. So I think, you know, that's where, and each, and each C is able to connect to the next one, or, you know, I'm able to go back to So yeah. if I start challenging patterns and cycles and we're becoming vulnerable, but the wheels fall off, I have to go back to the other C and creating a context for change, mm-hmm. which is about safety. Okay. We're good. Are you, you know, I want to, because once we start challenging some of this stuff, it's easy to become reactive. Mm-hmm. And then if it becomes reactive, then we have to go back Mm -hmm. because, you know, there's no, nobody's, nobody's going to change. Nobody's going to be vulnerable to if there's not a certain level of safety from my perspective. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you think about too, when it comes to, I mean, I think it's good to talk about the, the quote unquote danger of vulnerability at the same time that we're talking about the value of it because you, yeah, I think it's important to be careful with it especially as you learn but you can think of you know probably some of the people who struggle the most with vulnerability there's a good chance Mm. that there was an effort at it at some point that got met with you know that vulnerability was smashed Yep. right and you know someone took that vulnerability and ran with it and and um leveraged it or you know what i mean sure
0: and, I, and in some ways, uh, it kind of brings to mind what you shared about the level up dynamic, because I think there is an aspect where if I am at a certain point, or let's just let's just say um, I'm at a, a certain socioeconomic level, um, I'm going to have a little more room to be vulnerable yeah. to people who may use me, and I'm still going to be okay. You
1: got some cushion. yeah I do have hmm. some
0: cushion. And I think, you know, it's, it's when we're at the same level, you know, that it becomes difficult and I, and I have no issues Mm. with people being cautious Mm. because I think it does. I think whether a person is trustworthy or to the degree a person is trustworthy affects my ability. Mm. And if I'm able to move that relationship along slowly, I'm actually able to define, okay, yes, I can be vulnerable based on your response, but I'm not necessarily being irresponsible and just saying, Hey, I'm going to give all of this to you and you do with it as you see fit. Mm -hmm. And like I say, I'm willing to wrestle with that as a, as a personal viewpoint, you know, and you can challenge me on that or anything, you know, if it it seems like it's counter to vulnerability, but at the same time, I think there is a vulnerability, but I'm also being a steward. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's wisdom, right?
0: I have to, uh, yeah, I'm okay with it being wisdom, but I'm also able to say, okay, yeah, if you want to challenge part of that, I'm willing to talk about that. Challenge, challenge what specifically? My in viewpoint, the, uh, my specific viewpoint on how we can be vulnerable and still be cautious.
1: Yeah, no, I think I and agree in, with that viewpoint, so it's going right. to be hard for me to challenge it, you but, know, but I, I, mean, I, I think there's... Yeah, I mean, we started out really trying to talk about the value of a, a vul, vul, yep. vulner, vulnerability and we, this is what this episode is about. At the same time, I think you and I both recognize the danger of vulnerability in the yeah. wrong contexts and even in the wrong uh, mindset or like if your goal is, well, if I'm vulnerable, it'll fix everything <laughs> again. Uh, you know, yes. You're, you're going to be, whoo, you're, yes. you're going to find out some That's- vulnerability uh, does not fix anything. If anything, it can make things worse. Right. Sure. Depending on, again, the context, the context. And, the, the,
0: and, and that's, a, that's the, that's the part that I wanted yeah. to create. I wanted to create a caution to say, Hey, if you're entering into this, yeah. it's going to be difficult because yeah. you're going to be more vulnerable, yeah. but at the same time, do it in a way that's safe mm-hmm. because otherwise you're just hurting yourself yeah. and that kind of thing.
1: And I would say the most important aspect to having a safe environment is having you know someone someone's that is already further down the journey sure who are able to model it for you and when you do it are able to kind of commend it and encourage it and not stomp on it you know yes. and that can be a counselor right mm. that that's a, I, I would encourage counseling if, if you're unable to be vulnerable that's mm. a great I think good step um, but also, you know, finding environments I, I mean, I, we talk about celebrate recovery a, a lot, and there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. It is a, in my opinion, ne- nearly perfect context for change mm-hmm. right because uh-huh. we're we're creating an environment that is safe and that is not judgmental and that accepts and that simply demonstrates here's how it looks in my life and here's mm-hmm. how it looks in your life and there's you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I would encourage something like that, but support groups—people who are working on their own vulnerabilities mm-hmm. in front of you—and you can do the same thing. Um, but definitely, I think it's important to seek out opportunities and, and yeah. relationships where vulnerability is encouraged and modeled and mm-hmm. and reciprocated.
0: Sure. Right. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think as you were sharing, uh, vulnerability is a worthy gift. Yes. It's worth worth pursuing and i think it is a gift that we have to be able to give to others and like all good gifts they're reciprocal Mm -hmm. and so when as you were sharing there it's like yeah it's it's a gift to be able to be vulnerable in a situation that i can understand you know what vulnerability really is and it's safe to do so Mm -hmm. so yeah appreciate you sharing justin well that's how we see it thanks
1: Hey, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you like How I See It, please do all the things that podcasts tell you to do. Subscribe, rate, review, follow us, uh, and or talk nicely about us on social media. If you want to reach out, the email is us at howiseeit.click. Yep, I said dot click, as in dot C-L-I-C-K. Please tell your friends about this show, and we'll see you on the next one.